0: your after-dinner cuppa. At the end of a long day. Strong, one sugar and loads of... Oh no! There's no milk left! There is a better way. We are mymilkman.ie We are local. We always deliver. Fresh milk and more to your door throughout Dublin. Never run out of milk again. Find your local milkman at mymilkman.ie Sign up now and save 10 euro. Teas and c's apply.
1: Hey, everyone. I'm Meg Boggs. And I'm Monica Jones. Join us on September 14th for season two of U.A. Sweat the Details, a podcast from Under Armour and iHeartRadio. Each episode, Monica and I will talk to athletes, trainers, and experts who will give us insights into how our bodies and minds work together in training and competition. It's a podcast by women for women, here to shake up the conversation about women in sport. Listen to new episodes of UA Sweat The Details starting September 14th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk about it. Bienvenidos, mi gente. Gloria Stefan here. We are bringing Red Table Talk, the Estefans, to podcast. Just like our Red Table Talk sisters, we have brought three generations together to talk family, relationships, and social issues from the perspective of three fabulosas Latinas. Listen to Red Table Talk, the Estefans podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: My next guest is Tina Andrews. She is an award-winning writer, producer, director, and author. Her epic CBS miniseries, Sally Hemings and American Scandal, garnered her two NAACP Image Awards and a WGA Award for Long Form, and became the first African-American woman to receive the Writers Guild of America honor for original long form. Tina also wrote and produced the successful CBS miniseries movie Jackie about Jackie Kenny Onassis, and wrote the movie Why Do Fools Fall in Love, one of my favorites with Halle Berry, Vivica A. Fox, Layla Rashawn, and my man, Lorenz Tate. Her acclaimed historical novel by Queen Charlotte, Charlotte Sophia, has been acquired by HBO Max. It's now available as an audio book as well. It's all about building your brand, and she's here to tell us how she's doing hers. Please, welcome to Money Making Conversations, Tina Andrews. Hi there. How you doing there, Tina? Thank you so much for having me. Well, you know, I always always love... um, when I bring talent, because you're African-American talent, but I see crossover opportunities uh, like, we, like we saw with the with the Jackie O'Nassus. Because we, sometimes we get pigeonholed. People say we can't tell, we can only tell a story based on our color. When you got that opportunity to do the Jackie, Kenny Onassis, walk us through the step of if there were some obstacles, how we was able to convince people that you could do this series, and when it turned out to be successful, what was the reaction? Well,
1: uh, Rashad, I'm going to tell you something. That was the easiest gig I ever got. I had done, you know, I mean, it's always, you know, always that way that whenever you're, you're sort of pioneering, sometimes the, the job becomes easier than most people think. Right. I had done Sally Hemmings. Mm-hmm. Sally Hemmings was a juggernaut success. Yes, it was. And so I get a phone call on a Monday morning from the powers that be at CBS mm-hmm. And I was told, hey, Tina, you love doing historical projects. I mean, I have something that we think would be in your sweet spot. Mm-hmm. We've acquired a book on, on the First Lady, Jacqueline Bouvier Kennedy, Onassis. How would you like to turn that into a four-hour uh, miniseries? Mm-hmm. And I'm on the other end, and I'm saying, Jackie Kennedy? I said, you realize you're called a Black woman, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> right,
2: right, right.
1: And so I was told that they were so happy with what I had done with not only Sally, but it was also the dramatization of Thomas Jefferson Mm -hmm. that made them feel confident and comfortable in my handling First Lady Jacqueline Kennedy. And so I jumped at that opportunity because, you know, in the past, it has always been members of another culture writing our stories. Right, and so for a change, I said, "Oh, we can we can sort of flip the script on this, and it'll be me mm-hmm. writing this wonderful, indomitable first lady's story." So I hopped at that opportunity, and it was wonderful because, first of all, I knew a lot about her. I had done um, a, a lot of work on, on Jack Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And, of course, on Dr. Martin Luther King. So the first thing I did was contact Mrs. King and I asked her if I could come down to Atlanta to meet with her Mm -hmm. because I know she and Jackie had a uh, had a relationship. And Mm -hmm. so then I thought, oh, I'll be able to add some things to a Jackie Kennedy story that a member of another culture may not have even been interested in adding. So it's good
2: for me. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, the wonderful thing about it is that when you when you grab an iconic figure like she is, Jackie Kennedy Onassis, you know, you have some, I guess I said some things already bedded in. How do you start layering it down to really like you said, you you was able to find a nugget in the relationship she had with Mrs. King, Dr. Martin Luther King's wife? Now, when you were doing your research, did any other interesting thing pop up in her that you didn't you didn't see coming that made for great storytelling in this four, four, uh, four episode miniseries. I, um, will tell you that they had given me a book that they bought.
1: So pretty much that book told Mrs. Kennedy's story. Mm -hmm. But what I was fascinated by is that, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Kennedy had difficulties with her father, her Mm -hmm. father, um, Black Jack um, Bouvier, mm. you know, she 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 sort of felt like she was not the beloved Kennedy <laughs> daughter. Well, not Kennedy at that time, Bouvier daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a, a good relationship with um, with her sister, but, you know, like siblings, they sort of went in and out. And I wanted to show that it wasn't such an easy road for her. This is a woman who had the ambition to be a photographer. We, we forget that, you know, before
2: the pillbox passed, right there was this ambitious work mhm you know the interesting thing about it, like I, I my i started out in hollywood as a sitcom writer uh, you know they wrote you know loved, uh, Steve Harvey's first sitcom in 93, mm-hmm. uh, Me and the Boys, 94, uh, me, me and the Boys. And then we did uh, Robert Townsend's Parenthood. And I did ABC with Arsenio's Hall sitcom. And I did Sister Sisters with the twins, Tia and Tamara Mowry. And went over to mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx. And I did the Parkers. And along the way, I'm feeling that I have a skill set that can be transferable. And this is what we were talking about earlier when you said you was, you, they called you as an African-American to do a white project. And every time I wrote a sitcom or try to get on a Home Improvement at the time or a Seinfeld or Friends, I had to write their style of sitcom. Otherwise, they felt that I wasn't a real writer. And, and just talking to young people and talking to people who are aspiring to be in this industry, which is what we call Hollywood. It really does. You really can't be pitted into a corner and said this is what you only can do. And that's why. I, that's why I champion and admire what you are accomplishing as a writer, as a producer. Because you know that's a hard, that's a hard wall to a door to open. That, that walking over and say I can do any type of project because I have the skill set. Do not deny me because of the color of my skin. Correct, Ms. Right,
1: or gender, or age, or any of that. I am not any. I'm not into any of the isms. But I will tell you, Rashawn, I had to show people what I could do first. Now let's face it: for many of us of color, the door to success here in Hollywood is writing a comedy. You said you started out doing quite a few um, comedies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I could not get a movie made unless it was funny, mm-hmm. or if I did have a piece that was uh, serious in nature. I was always told, add the funny to it. For instance, uh, I'll give you an example on the movie that you said you liked. Why do fools fall in love? Mm-hmm. That's a serious film about a young man who ended up spiraling into the abyss of drug abuse. In fact, heroin abuse. Right. And yet he had married three women and not divorced any of them before he died and left this estate. And that became the through end to the story.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, at the end of the day, those three women you know, started out hating each other. And so it left room for some very sort of funny things to go on in that courtroom situation. And I remember being told by Warners, oh, my God, Tina, every time you put the three women <laughs> together in a room, it's hilarious. Right. So, um, you know, do a little more than that so that we don't spend so much time Mm -hmm. in his slow um, descent into Mm -hmm. drug abuse. So I needed to show people that I could write seriously.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So once I became successful doing those types of films, I was then able to say to the agency, hey, let's get out there and sell the stuff that I already have written. To show people that I am a a dramatic writer. And that stuff took off.
3: Yeah. The stories that are affecting the Black community are being covered on the Black Information Network. Not a show or a podcast. BIN is a 24-7 news network covering stories from a Black perspective. Listen to the Black Information Network on the iHeartRadio app and get news for and by the Black community. Anywhere, anytime. Keeping you informed. Keeping you engaged. The Black Information Network and BINnews.com. I want to get back to being in my community group.
1: I want to continue having a soccer season.
0: So
3: I can throw parties again.
2: (laughs) So I can go to her parties.
3: (laughs) It'd really be nice to dine in instead of getting delivery for a change.
2: So I can feel safe and protected for myself and my students.
0: We each have our own reason for why we're getting vaccinated against COVID-19. What will yours be? Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org for information on the COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Okay, audience. Do you love trivia? Do you love the hit podcast, Stuff You Should Know? Then you'll love the new Trivial Pursuit Game, Stuff You Should Know Edition. With 600 questions from the hugely popular Stuff You Should Know podcast, this game is packed with weird and unbelievable trivia inspired by topics on the show. You'll be challenged by brain-busting questions in six fascinating categories, including myths, legends, and conspiracies. And SYSK selects a mix of topics hand-picked by podcast hosts Josh and Chuck. It's perfect for three to six players and adults from ages 16 to 116. If you love the Stuff You Should Know podcast or you're just curious about the world, grab your copy of the Trivial Pursuit Game Stuff You Should Know edition
2: today, wherever
0: you get your favorite board games.
2: Congratulations. You know, I'm talking to Tina Andrews. uh, I want to see. can I say the word brilliant? Tina Andrews, you know, uh, award winning <laughs> Tina Andrews. Can I add some more to it? It was a series that's been acquired by HBO Max called Charlotte Sophia. Yeah, uh, you yes. know, I, I know we're going to get to that, but I just like to talk about the journey because if I start there at the HBO Max project, I really don't feel that people will appreciate the journey you know and i i would throw out my little acting credit tina you know i, I starred in uh jason's lyrics i was a tap dancer and way back oh. in the day in houston texas and fast Freddy was my name and then i read your bio and it's tied to the amazing series that changed television roots that's right by alex Hayden. that's right and I, you know, I, I still, you know, because we look at television now. You see so many African Americans on commercials. You see mixed couples. You see African Americans hugging each other. Mixed couples. It just really television has evolved in such a. And just five years ago, you know, they they, they try to take Cheerios off the shelves because they had a little a little uh, a little white looking girl, a little coming biracial in. girl. Yes, right, that's right. Right, and so and so, but you were on television with a. With, But a project about slavery, if you could walk Roots, everybody, an iconic series now, but we didn't know how people would react to that. But you were part of that, and I'm sure it affected your life, your thought process, and also threw you in the forefront of of American conversation. Talk about that. We can journey back there a little bit and then move forward.
1: Okay. Well, actually, I would like to take one. I would like to go one project just before Roots. We have to remember I had the first interracial relationship on daytime television mm-hmm. on days of our lives. Oh, okay, you see they didn't
2: put that in the bio, Natina. They didn't put that in oh. the bio. <laughs> you know I well, did research. Bio was, I did research. Was
1: cut because that was a mate that it, that was a major major um uh-huh. um Uh, project for me to be involved with. We kissed on a Friday Uh after two years of, you know, looking lovingly at each other. (laughs) And we kissed on a Friday and 5,000 negative, horrible hate letters came to NBC. Right. So I know what it's like to be involved in a project that gets a lot of attention. And that becomes very controversial. Mm-hmm. Right after I, I left Days of Our Lives, because of that negative publicity, I had to go. I was the one who was let go, not the white guy. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I wow. ended up in Roots. Mm-hmm. And we knew from the second we got the, the very first pilot episode that it was going to be phenomenal. The book had been so successful. I had worked for. Two of the directors who were uh, involved in it, and one of them was the one who called me and said, I've got two roles here. Pick one. Whichever one you want, you can do it. Mm -hmm. And I was so grateful um, to John Ehrman for that opportunity. And we got involved, and it felt like the ancestors carried us through the entire production Mm -hmm. we were on the shoulders of those who came before. So we instantly knew that we were going to be a successful miniseries. We just didn't know how successful. As a result of that, of course, I became very good friends with with Alex Alex Haley. Mm -hmm. And it was Alex Mm -hmm. who, quite frankly, gave me my first opportunity as a writer. Mm -hmm. And by the way, as a writer to work with him on a PBS project. So I am indebted to, again, those who've gone before. I am indebted to Mr. Haley for, uh, for, first of all, having written Roots and then for allowing me to be in Roots. And then I sent him, frankly, a Bob Marley story. And I sent him Sally Hemings. Mm-hmm. And he read those two uh, scripts and said, called me, in fact, and said, when did you become such a good writer? We need to do a project together, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, this is eight Emmy awards winning yes, Alex yes, Daly who yes, wants to work with yes, me.
2: Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah.
1: So there, there have been a series of situations where the career built. Hmm. We well, you know interesting, and then thing- it built to uh, the Charlotte Sophia project. Well,
2: you know, let's 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 go to that now because we all know that uh, Tina, when you talk about. It's really your story is so interesting because, like I said, when you are first, when you are a, a groundbreaker, a pioneer—I can use those, term, those terms in front of you—because sometimes uh, you get setbacks. Like you said, you do—you did a—you did a role that was requested in your Days of Our Lives, and then all of a sudden, a letter comes in, and, and the network becomes frightened by it, and you are terminated. That—that right. that, that moment of being out there. Who did you call in? Who did you? Who did you seek? advice from or support from? Or did you feel you were just out there by yourself and no one could help you?
1: Oh, no. My father was still alive. My father is the, I mean, probably the most important person in terms of the career. Mm -hmm. I would call my father crying all the time (laughs) During, during days of our lives with the negative publicity. They would not let me get my mail before we shot for the day. Mm -hmm. The network said, give her her fan mail after she finishes so that I could go home and cry. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. so I called daddy and I said, I don't know what's going on, but I'm uh, I'm I'm really depressed. I can't find really great. They're not enough really great, empowering, dignified roles for black women. And I feel like I you know, I'm going to be stuck in this situation of playing, you know, the drug addict or the. Uh, or the round the way girl or whatever, Uh, too much of that is coming up.
2: Yes, it is. And my
1: father had it with me. And he said, look, I sent you to NYU to be a playwright. You were supposed to be a writer. Yeah, I know you wanted to dance, but I figured that was only going to last a few years. You were going to really find your voice as as a playwright. Why are you complaining about the roles that are not there when you are capable of writing those roles? Wow. You need to take your writing career seriously. It's all cute that you're an actress, but I'm afraid that one of these days, someone is going to ask you to be naked in a movie, mm-hmm. and you're going to say yes to that role because you can't pay your rent. Mm-hmm. I would much prefer you call me and let me send you the money for your rent, and you sit down. In those days, of course, we're talking typewriters. <laughs> so you sit down at the typewriter. IBM Select. IBM <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> and he said, and you write that dignified, empowered role for a black woman that you would like to play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some years later, there was a movie, a Kevin Costner movie. And the, and the, the tagline was, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. Fill the dreams. Yes, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And my father was correct. In his library was a book by historian, black historian, J.A. Rogers. And it was called Race and Sex. And the second page in was a big picture of a woman who clearly looked ethnic, but she was in royal attire. And it was a black and white, obviously it wasn't the color. And it said, Charlotte Sophia, England's first black queen. Mm -hmm. And I read back and said, What? Black queen? Mm -hmm. How do we not know that? Listen, how, how was I not taught that? Mm-hmm. In my history classes, we were taught about King George yes. and him going mad
2: yes, <laughs> and,
1: the, and the Revolutionary War that he sent the Redcoats you know, over here to fight us against. We knew everything about the husband. Why did we not know that his wife was a woman of color? I could not find that much research in those days. And so I sort of put it in the back of my mind. One of these days, I'm going to write that. Story. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I'm thinking, maybe, who knows, I can get Halle Berry to play it. This is before Fools. This is before uh, Sally Hemings. This is before all of that. My father died and left me his library. Mm-hmm. And all of those books came to my then house in um, the Hollywood Hills. Mm-hmm. And I found it again and I said, you know, you may, you may want to investigate this story. And when Sally Hemings had done so well, people began to ask, what are you going to do for an encore? What do you do next? <laughs> What's so next? how do you top Sally yeah. Hemings? And I thought, wow, this would be the project. Not realizing it was going to take me eight years to write the book and all the research, two and three times going to London. Of course, I need no excuse to go to London. I love London. <laughs> I love London. Mm-hmm. But I was there researching at the British Library, at the Windsor and Buckingham Archives, at the British Museum, uh and then i put it together and the moment that book hit the marketplace there was a surge of of course british people who were saying oh no no we're not going to let you do this this is not a story that we're interested in and yet british people were buying the book
2: mhm mhm
1: and i get last year a phone call out of the blue from an hbo executive who said uh i'd like to um I'd like to speak to Tina Andrews, and I said speaking, and so she said, "You know, <laughs> here's who I am at. You know, and I'm at HBO Max uh, in international. And my mother loved your book, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking your mother. <laughs> 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 and so she said, my mother turned me onto this book, and she said, when you get your promotion, let this be the first book that that you buy to have on the uh, on the channel. Wow! And I nearly died because once again, it was like. Spirit, creating the atmosphere and the environment and the place to put that story after so long with the research.
3: News outlets will cover stories differently, but the Black Information Network is fundamentally different. A 24-7 all news network of writers, anchors and producers with the goal of keeping you informed about what's happening in the Black community. BINnews.com, bringing you news you can trust. Download the iHeartRadio app now and listen to the Black Information Network anytime, anywhere.
2: Well, you know, the thing I love about talking to you, first of all, um, it's almost like I'm talking to royalty. You're so elegant and you're so pronounced in your tone. You're so elegant in your gestures. And, you know, there's a certain amount of uh, success and confidence in, uh, in speaking to you. You know, I hope people watch this. You can hear it on audio, of course, but I hope people get, get to watch this actual interview because it's impressive when I see people... Because you've, you've had a journey in your life, and sometimes journeys can beat you down. Sometimes journeys can wear you down. I just see that when I'm looking at you and listening to you, Tina, I'm seeing a person who, who basically um, understands the purpose of who you are. And your father, obviously... Built that into you and say, hey, This is who you are. This is who you can be. Control your destiny. Is that key to what I'm saying? That Basically, I know that's why I stopped acting and became a writer and producer. I felt I can control my destiny. Plus, I realized, you know, one day I'm going to get old, and I can probably still write. I can probably still produce. I can stop being creative. But they can minimize my success based on my color and based on my age, but they can never minimize my success based on how I think if I'm topical and I'm staying very current. And that's what you are. You're very current and very topical. And so this series is coming out on HBO. Max, you did something very, very much very key. Audiobook. Talk about that whole relation and hearing the words articulated by the brilliant actress. Can I tell you uh,
1: again? It was another one of those. I I do think of my life and I talk about my life in spiritual terms because I have had a lot of hardship. It has not all been easy sailing trying to get to the top. There, you know, you you hit a platform (laughs) uh, and then you. fall. And then you're building back up again. So it's been a long career. But sometimes along the way, you get these opportunities that just come to you. You have to be prepared. You know, it's what they say that, that, you know, luck is opportunity met with preparedness. And I've been prepared. I'm um, minding my own business on Facebook. And I had an editor who at one point um, had, had turned down my uh the opportunity to publish my book wow and i had said i had posted that day well if you guys are loving bridgerton don't forget my book is still out where i wrote about queen charlotte and i put a you know the cover of the uh, a photo of the cover of the book on facebook went on about my business later on that afternoon i got a private message and it was carol saying tina i don't want to make the mistake that i made earlier <laughs> when 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 we didn't publish your book because look what has happened to you and it and and, and onward um i am at recorded books now i'm in acquisitions is are rather are the audiobook rights available wow once again i go
2: Whoa. i love your life
1: so i go yes yes they are (laughs) and she said well i would love to acquire uh i would like to acquire them uh we'd like to do a whole big push you will be in charge of choosing you know who narrates your book and i'm thinking boy i had a number of british actresses black british actresses that i thought could do a really credible job and she said you send me your list. She said, we also have a list of some people who have worked and done audiobooks for us who are also black, female, and British. We'll send you their names. And then you go through and you pick out the one that you want to narrate your book. Mm-hmm. And my God, their list was alphabetical. And at the top of the list is Ajua Ando. And Ajua Ando, for those of you out there who don't recognize her by name, she plays Lady Danbury, yes. Mm-hmm. On Bridgerton. Absolutely. She is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So as far as I was concerned, the search was over. Right. <laughs> the right. Was over. <laughs> right. So I called Carol and I said, are you kidding me? And he said, well, she's done like 200 audiobooks. And I said, this is the actress. Mm-hmm. She will give it the class and the gravitas. She will also do other characters. She's an amazing, amazing actress. I knew of her prior to Bridgerton. And so I said, "Please tell me that we can can have her." And she says, "I'll get back to you in a couple of days." And sure enough, <laughs> a couple of days later, she said, Adua is yours." Wow! So working with this phenomenal actress who made that book come to life—oh, Rishan, it was—it it, it is an experience for anyone who listens to that. But I, you know, at at certain points in time. Uh, no, no joke. I, I will listen to the audio book and I'll
2: say, wow, mm-hmm. I
1: wrote that.
0: Yes,
2: yes, <laughs> yes, yes. That's an act. That's that's brilliance of her bringing it to life. But, you know, I want to I want to say this before we wrap up the interview. And uh, it's, it's something about being prepared that really comes across when I when I when I share this interview. And I, want, I hope people listen. When, when she got the call for Roots you know, despite dire consequences that happened in her life prior to that, she was ready. When she got the call for Jackie Kennedy Onassis, you know, despite the success of Sally Hemming and her, and this is a project with African-American female talking about an iconic white, white American female, she was ready. When she got the call about the, the rights to her book, uh, Charlotte Sophia, you know, She was ready, not only ready, but also to be bold enough to say, this is the one we should select. There's something about that that really rings true about your life, Tina Andrews, and it makes it very special that you're you're a decision maker. You're a person who understands what you want to do in life and has led so much to your level of success. If you had to give someone some advice before we exit here, what would you give somebody advice who's watching the show or listening to this interview on Money Making Conversations?
1: I will say you need to be your authentic self, Mm -hmm. whoever that is. Do not, first of all, do not let anybody tell you what you can't be. Mm -hmm. You will show them who you are, (laughs) which means who you can be. Um, Try not to follow the road that is is whittled down by heavy traffic, doing what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. You create your own road. And do that thing that God has placed on your heart wow. for you to do. It's okay to be singular and unique and authentic because some if you like it, someone out there is also going to like it. And right now we're in, certainly in this business that we're in, we got five or 600 channels. <laughs> you got to feed that beast. There is someone who's going to want what you have to say. Mm-hmm. So say it.
2: I love it. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation, Tina Andrews. Thank you for having me. And if you want to hear any of my interviews or see any of my interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host.
3: The stories that are affecting the black community are being covered on the Black Information Network, not a show or a podcast. BIN is a 24-7 news network covering stories from a black perspective. Listen to the Black Information Network on the iHeartRadio app and get news for and by the black community anywhere, anytime. Keeping you informed, keeping you engaged. The Black Information Network and BINnews.com. News outlets will cover stories differently, but the Black Information Network is fundamentally different. A 24-7 all-news network of writers, anchors, and producers with the goal of keeping you informed about what's happening in the black community. BINnews.com, bringing you news you can trust. Download the iHeartRadio app now and listen to the Black Information Network anytime, anywhere. to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies.
1: Making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs.
3: COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel. But now, there are vaccines.
2: And they are the very first step that let us get back to what we miss most. It's okay to have questions. Is it safe? Should I wait? Now, get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision when vaccines are available to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council.